to the Bookshop Chronicles. You know me. My name is Brandy. I am very, very happy to talk to you today. I am going to share with you a conversation that is full of, oh, what shall we say? There is books, of course. You came to a bookish podcast. Of course, we're going to talk books. But we also talk about fulfilling your passion, what it means to serve your community well, uh, if you could have any author or character in a book sit at your imaginary dinner table, who would it be? There may be some giggling. There may be a duet that gets sung. I'm just saying, stay to the end, friends. It's That's all I'm going to say. So you are going to meet her. You are going to love her. Her name is Beth Harding. She is a force to be reckoned with. She is hilarious, passionate, dedicated, just all around fantastic. We are very, very grateful to have had her in our Daisy Chain book community pretty much since the beginning. She's one of the original members of our Pedal Club, which is our monthly book subscription service. And anytime she comes in, we're going to get hugs. That's that's just how it's going to go. I'm not ever going to say no to a Beth hug. So here is our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Good it's, morning. It's okay. It's, okay. Oh, good morning. Okay. <laughs> We're just going to jump into this because, frankly, we don't want people to have to wait. No, we don't. No, we don't. Okay, Beth, tell us about you. Tell us why you're awesome. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, <laughs> I can't answer that. Tell you why I'm awesome? Okay, so I think that I am awesome for uh, a number of reasons. One, I'm very conscientious in my life. Very deliberate. So I'm very, um, very conscientious when parenting, very deliberate with my words, unless they just fly out of my mouth, in which case, usually quite honest, maybe not as gentle as they could be. I also, I give to my community on the regular. I think it's really important to know our neighbors and support them as we're able in kind ways. I think everybody deserves acknowledgement, a hi, a nod, a hello. Maybe that's what makes me awesome. I've never thought about it that way. Thanks. <laughs> you are awesome. And what is it that you do as your work life? What is, what's your... What's I your have uh, two jobs. I have a full-time job um, where I work in membership and communications management for a nonprofit for a provincial sporting organization. Absolutely love it. Fantastic, fantastic privilege. I also have a side hustle called All In Changemaker Consulting, where I help nonprofits strategize and communicate the change they want to be in the world. That sounds interesting. How did you find that? How did that come up on your, your skill set? I've worked in nonprofits for decades, and I've also worked in communications for decades. And it, it's, you know, both with small business and nonprofits. It is sometimes a bit baffling to me how something like communicating or 
uh, you know, communicating messages or the buy-in that you're seeking is so difficult for other people. And it comes simply very naturally for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, it's, I'm an, a born teacher. I would never be an educator in the truest sense. <laughs> like in a classroom, my mom did that for 35 years. That's not me. But I get to teach people how to convey what they need to with their audience. And so what I find a lot of of nonprofits and small businesses do is they communicate at, and that's ineffective. It's really quite a dance. It's important to communicate with, and it's so natural for me that it's easy and it's not easy for everybody. So obviously it's a talent. Mm -hmm. So why don't I share that? So it, it came as a matter of, you know, really working with, with friends and, um, you know, people I've met over the years and, and honestly being quite baffled how they couldn't get it. And then being able to say, okay, well, I can help you. You know, you worked on that for three weeks, seriously. Okay. Give me 20 minutes. And it just, so it's not, you know, and that's not a brag. It's just, it's easy. It's like a chef looking at ingredients and going, oh, I can, I can whip that up. No problem. Versus somebody that doesn't know a serrated knife from a chopping knife. Do you know what I mean? Both knives do do work, but one is way, way more effective. Well, you're obviously, you're dancing in your wheelhouse, right? Like if it's, if it's effortless for you and you are doing something that contributes better to the world and you're using your skills, that is kind of what people strive for. Like, how can I find what I'm really good at and then find somebody who will pay me to do it? You know, it took me a long time to get here. And I'll tell you why, Brandy. It it took me over 40 years to figure out that because I can do something doesn't mean I need to do that. Mm-hmm. So I was raised to always level up, level up, level up. You know, of course, they didn't call it that back then, but... Um, you know, keep, keep going up the ladder. And when I got to the, the top of the ladder, if you will, not the top, but you know, I was a director. It just sucked every bit of happiness out of me because uh, it just wasn't what I was meant to do. No. And so, but it took me a long time to figure out that because I can do something doesn't mean I should do that. So that was a really profound teaching for me, something I try and convey when it's appropriate to, to, you know, people along the way, because I think we get caught up as people sometimes thinking we have to always do better, be better and, and keep moving up, 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 and up, up, up isn't, you know, the grass isn't always greener. No. If, you know, just do what you're happy doing. So, so that's what I get to do. And I love it. I see myself um, being in service uh, which doesn't mean I'm I'm a doormat. It is a balance between how can I how can I help the 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 end user get what they need uh, and and still be cool. I'm you know me. I'm a reverent. I'm a, kind of a clown. <laughs> I love to laugh. Oh yeah, you're so, a good laugher. I have like a really good laugh, I think. You really do. Maybe you'll you'll demonstrate some of that 
uh, laughing talent today. But I do agree with what you're saying, because I think that, and this is why it frustrates me when so many people try and pigeonhole somebody young, fresh out of high school or in university to say, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? Who the heck knows? I also took years to figure out what I wanted to do. And what you're saying about just because you can doesn't mean you should. I think that so many people can be great at a number of things. Yes. Like we're never just a one trick pony. So if we can be great at a number of things, pick the one that really melts your butter, pick the one that actually satisfies you not necessarily makes you your family proud because it has your name on the door or whatever the things the status symbols are but for you to have done all that and said you know what yeah I reached top of the ladder Eh, the view is not quite what I had hoped and to happily climb back down and then find that level that you are content with and that you serve better at because when you're happier you will do way better at serving your people correct I am thrilled to be a strong number two. Yes. It is a confident place to be. It, because I no matter, love it. Yeah. And then your people are way better off. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm so, I'm so pleased. And when you first came into the book truck, were you doing the same job? It's a good question. I, th- I mean, that was uh, a few years ago. Three I think years I was ago. Just, just part time. Okay. At that point with the full-time job. <laughs> and then uh you know I'm a single mom we we need to make ends meet and so yeah I ended up and I really enjoyed it so I ended up moving into uh full time which was great because then I got to do the things that I love versus bookkeeping which right. which I would happily let anybody else do and you know I have met people who love bookkeeping like that is really where they are just they're in their groove they're finally happy somebody will just give them numbers let them play with it and they find a solution with those numbers that makes them happy and then they move on to the next thing and I'm like oh I know they're total weirdos In all the best ways, right? Yeah, I I know. I'm so grateful all the time that Mark is a numbers guy who sees that language and makes sense of it. Because to me, it's very much a gobbledygook kind of experience. And I really stress out over it. So I'm super, super grateful. You know what you, if I may, what Mm. you are extraordinarily good at is... um, uh, how can I say this? You are extremely good, and I've witnessed it more than once, where you are able to cushion and bring people together very gently, very softly, in this lovely way, and find a common bond among complete strangers in a room. And you just let them, it's like this soft sort of bringing together, and then you just let them mm-hmm. um, be who they are. Yeah. You have you have an incredible gift for people. Well, thanks. Thanks. I I often feel as if a room full of people that you have invited makes you a host. Sure. And whether you're hosting in your home or hosting somewhere else. When I was a social worker, I used to get teased by my um, coworkers for this because when I would lead small groups for things, I'd be like, let's get them snacks. <laughs> They're like, um... <laughs> This is not the place for that. I mean, I could be professional about it, but I really do appreciate a room full of people who have 
so much more in common than they are aware of. And if you can just for a moment say, okay, here is what I am grateful for you all for, and then stand back and let them express themselves. It's, it's a, it's a very satisfying mother hen kind of place to be as a hostess. And yeah, I, I enjoy that quite a bit. And I often think that the real talent in that is not necessarily me pulling them together, but the people being willing to come and open up in that kind of space and talk about the books or the feelings or the whatever's are going on. Because if it was just me, I'd be this like freaky person who's just collecting people and then just sitting there with them and nobody talks. That would be weird. You create the safety within which to do that. And I don't even know that it's conscious, Brandy. I no. don't know. It might simply just be who you are. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, that is... <sighs> That's an amazing thing for everyone who knows you. 100%. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm always honored to be around people who want to share themselves in a room or in a space. And um, it, it always feels like an incredible privilege to me to be yes. witness to that. So I, yes. I'm very, very honored and thrilled to to do it and it doesn't matter if it's a pedal club thing or a book club or a staff thing in this like I really do feel very grateful for everybody who comes in and um, and takes part because yes. I can't do it by myself yes it's at the end of the day at the end of the day we want a few things we want to be seen right we want to be acknowledged we want to be loved we want to be safe Right. Take off all the other cloaks. And at the end of the day, we are the same. Yes. So, yeah, I get and it. We have so much more in common. Then we than don't. We I know. Think. Yes. And yet all we seem to focus on are the things that separate us or how we're different or what keeps us apart. But those are insignificant because yes. as soon as you're together, you're together. Focus yeah. on that for a hot second. And for a hot I'll, second, a hot second. And you know what? All it takes is somebody to do something silly. If somebody in the room falls or farts, that's it. The room is unified. They're laughing. And I'm not saying I have done these things just to collect a room. I'm not. Aren't you but... <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it real. <laughs> I will yep. do whatever it takes to, <laughs> to bond a room. <laughs> I believe this about you. Yeah, yeah, I know it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been grateful to discover you. You came into the the, what? the truck. I totally did. You, I felt like you were this this sweet little discovery. And I remember coming home because after you were in the truck, you were so excited, and you asked me for the mists of Avalon. Yes, I still have it. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I'm going to order that. And that's when I started looking into ordering books for people because of you. I started doing what? that. Yes, you were my first. And then you posted something on your social media about, you know, you found this space and you had this moment, you're telling people. And I showed it to Mark. I was like, oh my gosh, look, somebody like talked about the truck. She was so nice. And People at this point had not really heard of the truck. It wasn't such a big deal. And the fact that somebody on their own, unsolicited, 
They were not related to me. They did this on their own. I mean, I screenshotted that and I saved it. And I was so proud that somebody would come in and have that kind of moment in the truck. Are you freaking joking right now? No, I'm not kidding at all. You know, I don't joke. That's the real thing. It was, it was such a, a beautiful moment to me. So when I saw you again, I was like, hi, hi. I was like, hello. I was like, I was like a puppy with my tail wagging. I was like, oh, oh you're no. kidding. That is, nice that is so delightful. Yeah. Well, that, wow. I had no idea. You've never shared that with me before. No. And because for a small business owner, when you're doing the yes. startup, when you're like in your late 40s and you're doing this weird thing and somebody kindly on their own says something, it matters so much because for a moment, you like exactly what you're saying. I felt seen. I felt I felt like it mattered. And it was um, it was just so validating to read that. So honestly, for anybody who is wondering if they should be doing shout outs when they have a small business encounter, um, hell yes, because it yes. matters so much to those yes. small business people who are just slogging it. And yeah, that made a big impact on me. Wow. Well, mm -hmm. gosh, that's, that's really wonderful to hear. I was so um, in awe of the innovation, mm -hmm. right? That you had this, <laughs> a van, like a white van, you know, that has all of this, this connotations. And, and here you were this absolute, Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. This absolute like light, this this elevation of sweet, sweet energy and a sister, you know, a woman in business. And yep. I just thought, you get it, girl. This is so freaking cool. So that's how that was my reaction to the van. Uh, which I probably said on social something like, this is so freaking cool. Cause I probably did. Yeah. Probably I did. Yeah. Cause You're it right. there Look is definitely that connotation of the white van. Come, I know it's so awesome. Vans. Come on in. It's okay. I'll be safe. I promise here. I've got books for you. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it could be creepy. I, I, I didn't realize that until I said it to somebody when they said they're standing out one day and they said, is it okay to come in? And with my hands, I was like, sure, come on in. <laughs> that looks bad. I, I, I'll stand over here. <laughs> I've got books about puppies. Would you like the puppies? Would you like a lollipop to go with that? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was a weird moment. And look at you now a brick and mortar and such it's, Honestly, between the sign and then the, 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 you know, oh gosh, what's it called? Like the wrought iron and, and all of the, just that whole area. It feels like a rom-com that just isn't ending. I know. It is so did delightful. I, did I tell you that um, the Alberta film and um, television industry approached me? To do? To use it as a possible location for for films and so, television. I just so, want to say two things. One, if Paul Rudd is, is starring, then I am somehow helping you clean the store while he's there. <laughs> Get in line. Well, aren't you fancy, miss? I'm now. 
I know. Well, and this doesn't mean it's been chosen, but they saw pictures online and they said, um, we'd love to come down and take some measurements and take some photos and put you in our catalog. So people who are planning to film things can scroll through and say, yeah, we choose this location. And I was like, you mean like a you've got mail? She's like, well, I don't actually know what they would do. <laughs> so I had to like put those dreams on got the back burner. Email. You've got um You've got a DM. Somebody slid into your DM yeah. at Daisy Chain Book Club. Um, yeah. Bookstore, I should say. Well, that's pretty impressive. Isn't that's, that fun? You're kind of so, yeah. Well, I had nothing to do with that. That's the building. The building itself is pretty sweet. But you are right. When you come down with the, with the lights and the stairs oh. and the wrought art and the brick, that whole ambiance is outstanding. Mm-hmm. I Every time I come down there, I just feel like I catch my breath a little. Yes. It's, it's, oh, it's really epic. It's, and epic. that's just, well, that's just the building. Yeah. Well, I, it's the energy. Yeah. It's pretty great there. It is. Pretty yeah. Great. And your store, you know, you open it and there's this warmth and this light and this welcoming. Like I just, I exhale when I go in there, which, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's a reflection on my life, but I don't know. But when I go in there, it's like a, so the energy is not is is soft. The energy is warm, and how great is that? Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I'm uh, yeah grateful every day. However, as much yes. as this is lovely and fun, but we're actually here to talk about you, girlfriend. About you, books, you, right? You and books. Yes. Okay. You and you're reading, and I'm I'm loving this whole long daisy chain commercial. This is filling <laughs> my heart right up. My heart is up to here and I'm, okay. I'm grateful, but I want people to know about you and why you're astounding oh and what, what, what you're reading and what reading has done for you and all that stuff. So talk to me about your reading life. Tell me all about you okay, as a reader. So I have, I have, I'm, I have read, you know, since I could, I'm not going to say that I was like some of my friends who read a hundred books a year. I think we know who I'm talking about. Yeah, she reads um, a lot. She reads a lot. Uh, <laughs> but books have always been important to me. So for me, books run parallel. They are either an escape. Um, not That's the wrong word. They're an, they're an adventure. They're a story. They're interesting. They're a place, uh, words that take me somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or they're something I learn from. So I am always, always, always reading something for personal development or professional development uh, or taking a course like my whole, like forever, or I read something for fun. And the, I was talking to, to you last night about this. The pandemic has made it such that the books that I read for fun need to be really light they need to be like, yeah. I really, you know, um, but well written. See, that's the problem is I can't read a light book that to me doesn't have the depth of, of characters or, or an interesting storyline, or I can't feel it. So there's sort of this, this rub there, you know, that mm-hmm. um, I love, love, love historical fiction, love historical fiction. And I know I know with 100% uh, 
truth about myself that historical nonfiction is too real for me. I, I find my, my heart just bleeding and yet historical nonfiction, though based in history, I can somehow extract, a, you know, the, I can pull back a little bit from, from the rawness of it mm-hmm. and still learn so much about things I knew nothing of, you know, yeah. you hear these things in history, but they're, you know, World War II, really that whole time period, I've learned so much through historical fiction that I just didn't know. Yeah. And that I think a lot of people didn't know. Um, so yeah, I love historical fiction and I, and I love a book. I'm reading a lot of Gabor Mate right now. Right. Uh, looking at a lot of, um, yeah, leaning into to to deeper levels of trauma and resiliency and understanding in that respect. So that's what I'm doing in the nonfiction world. And then in the fiction world, I'm I'm really, you know, rocking it. Yeah, you're rocking it. So when you're talking about like good sort of not fluffy, but intelligent entertaining books yes what what are some that you would say match that criteria of being like well written Mm -hmm. but also giving you just enough satisfaction and entertainment that you need I enjoy Kate Morton Kate Morton so I have every book that she's come out with because they are well written and have a a a good story and every time like just when you think you know it's, they're not mysteries, but just when you think you've got it all figured out, then there's like, what? Okay, I didn't see that coming. So I I really, her characters are so great. I like, I have every, if she comes out with a book, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, is it Kristen Hanna? Kristen Hanna, yep. That's the other one that I really, really like. So for example, The Four Winds. Um, read that earlier this year. You you could say it wasn't a light read, but, or, and I should say it was captivating. It was so captivating and set in history. So, you know, about the great American dust bowl, which you, you, you know, we hear that word, but to actually have an understanding of what it was like to live during those storms of dust and sand, I, I was transported. It, I, mm-hmm. I could taste the sand. I could feel the crunch. Like, it, yeah. unbelievable. Um, if you haven't read that, I, you need to read that. And yeah. then I really want a second book. Um, you're going to help me now, Brandy. Okay. The yeah. The, the female doctor, the one that you, the woman uh, in the Audrey, Audrey Blake. Yes. Um, yes. Do people know? Do people know about the, the, the Audrey Blake is two writers? people? Yes. Well, actually, I had Jema Fixon and Regina Soroy on this podcast a while back before talking about writing that book together. And um, they even begin to write a book together that is fiction. Oh, they have such parallel talents and so much respect for each other that as a writing team 
they're ridiculously complimentary. And so, I mean, Jamie will even say, I don't exactly always know when I read a sentence where my words ended and Regina's started. Like, they're just, they're such a good unit. Really, really great. Yeah, I don't know how they creatively mesh that together, but they do it. And I'm grateful. So that was such a great book. I got that in the Petal Club and I ran it. Oh, yes. Again, cap- captured my interest, was interesting enough and well-written enough to keep me there, yet uh, did not pull on my, you know, like we're, this pandemic, we're all, I think, treading water at different, you know, sometimes we're just waiting in it and sometimes we're treading it. And and so that read, uh, remind me the name of it now. Uh, a Girl in His, sh- or The Girl in His Shadow. The Girl in His Shadow. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Again, well-written, entertaining, kept me there. Oh, I was rooting for that character. And, um, you know, for the girl. Yes. <laughs> rooting for Nora. her so much. Yes. And I kept thinking, so I love cooking. And I kept thinking, I'd love to have them over for dinner. I just want to have them over for dinner. Who the right? authors or the characters in the book? The characters. Okay, yes. <laughs> Especially the one creating the shadow. Yeah. Right? That doctor. I just wanted to to have a meal with him and, and ask him questions. And yeah, anyway. Everything that- you're seeing right now about the book and the characters and, and what it meant to you, what an incredible compliment to the creators of that story, right? For them to know that their words and their passion and and their energy putting into that book just had so much impact and made you even think beyond the characters and storyline to say, you know what? I would like to serve them food and eat with them and talk with them knowing they're 100% fictional. I know. Uh, that's, That's such a compliment. I think so. But I mean, yeah, for sure it is. Um, I should back, you know, back step a minute and say that cooking food for people is, is my love language. So for me, that's, and so that's been challenging in the pandemic because I haven't been able to cook for people and have people over. I love having, you know, six, eight people over and cooking a beautiful meal and bringing, because that's when we come together is, is over food or song. Um, And yeah, so I have, I have had uh, um, fictional dinners with characters. Hmm. (laughs) Well, you know, I didn't, I don't know if I've ever told you that one of my love languages is actually eating those (laughs) meals. I think, I think there is a beautiful symbiosis happening here uh i'm not fictional i'd be more than happy to practice any of these fictional meals you'd like to create for these characters on a real person i'll be your guinea pig sold done (laughs) add to cart we're in add to cart (laughs) oh my gosh okay so if you were to create a fictional meal let's let's play Uh this out because i'm loving how this is okay you're carrying a fictional meal for characters that you have really grabbed onto, who do you want at your table? Who do you want to cook for? Oh, gosh. Characters. 
can I, can I, um, yeah, be so bold and suggest that I'd like to change that to authors? Yes. Okay. I'd authors. like Elizabeth Hay at my meal. Elizabeth I really Hay. like, yeah, I know. I really like her writing and I, I suspect she's a fairly cool person. And I lived in Yellowknife and she wrote about Yellowknife in one of her books. Okay. Who else would I like to have? I'll invite you. Okay. Yep. I'm not a full-fledged author yet, but I'll come. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You're there by association. Okay. I would invite, I think I would invite Tennessee Williams. Ooh. I know. Don't ask me why. I've just, uh, I mean, you can ask me why, obviously. Yeah, why? I, wait, there's another one coming to me. The, The Stone Angel. Margaret Lawrence. Margaret Lawrence. Bring her in too. Yes. So, okay. So Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and The Stone Angel were books that I, or well, play, obviously, but, um, and The Stone Angel was a, a book that I read, both of them, when I was starting to lean into reading serious books. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yep. By serious, I don't mean as opposed to funny. I mean literature, you know, right. as opposed to. So I was a younger woman than I am now. And yeah, those. Um, so I would love to have them there just to say thank you and to get in, you know, to really kind of get ask questions and, and just get to know them. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that weird? Yeah, that's cool. What would you um, feed them? You've got you've got Tennessee Williams, you've got Elizabeth Hay, Margaret Lawrence. I mean, what what are you feeding these folks? You're there as well. I'm there as well. Sure. Yeah. Well, what season is it? Mm, um, I think this feels like an autumn kind of. I group. agree. I okay. agree. Okay. So, yeah. I make a lovely butternut squash soup. Fair enough. And wait, I think I would serve them the carrot ginger soup that I make. And it has a splash of orange juice at the end just to say, hello, I'm here. And it really enhances the carrot and stuff. So we'd start with the carrot ginger. It's fall. Mm -hmm. I'm going to suggest it's a cool fall day. Perfect. And we are moving from carrot ginger into scallop potatoes which i i'm lactose intolerant so uh everything is made with lactose free cheese and lactose um free milk but i'll tell you this i caramelize leeks and onions before i make them a layer of the scallop potatoes and then scallop potatoes it's a slow and low right Mm -hmm. you just need to you need to let them do their thing and and I would serve that with probably probably um, sautéed parsnip strings mm-hmm. and with a bit of bacon. Yes. And I would, uh, my, so those are both from Sundog Organics, local farm producers Perfect. that I, yes, and the, and the carrots. And the meat would be, little baby tenderloins that I get from Sunworks. Oh my gosh, they're good. 
And I don't eat a lot of beef, but I will eat those little tenderloins. And, and so those would be, yeah, seared, you know, seared and then finished in the oven. So that's a pretty hearty meal. I don't think I would do a jus with it or a gravy. I think it stands on its own. And um, the bacon will be sufficiently, you know, salty to offset the sweetness of those parsnips. Yep, that's the meal. Okay. You want to come? Okay. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> I mean, I could make it for you tonight because I have, it is, it is winter. Oh, she's left. She's, she's left. She's on her way over. <laughs> Hi, you're back. Hi. <laughs> that sounds like a perfect meal. Yeah, I can imagine that these authors are going to lose their minds over that. It's a like it's a slower meal, right? So, you know, couple of couple of um, it's not tacos. You're not wolfing this down. It's a slower meal right. where we get to talk, where we get to enjoy the conversation. The obvious, mm-hmm. you know, there'd be a nice, uh, I would say, a nice cab stove, nice jammy cab stove to go along with that. But you know, I'm not a sommelier. What do I know? I just know what mm-hmm. I like. Yeah. You're saying wolf down tacos. You've seen me eat tacos before, obviously. Seen me eat tacos too, sister. <laughs> There's no slow way to eat a taco. Right? No, you have wolf. to inhale that sucker. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. So that's not a taco isn't the isn't the kind of meal you want to serve when you're trying to get to know people. You want no. it to be a slow meal. Right. Because this is a first date. It you is. have all these people at your table. Can it's you impressive. It's slow. Yes, you want to keep them at the table for a while. Can yeah. you imagine if I had those people at my table? Oh, well, is Tennessee Williams still alive? I can't imagine. So I'm thinking, <laughs> no. <laughs> but <laughs> but imagine. Interesting. Imagine. Fictional world, me. yes. Because you're with me, yeah. I also do play this game with musicians. Oh, fill me in on this. Who would you have at your table if it was musicians? Oh, well, music's so much a part of my life. It's uh, like I, it's, yeah, I worked in music. I, when I was younger and um, I, I just, yeah, music is, is everything to me. So who would I have at my table? Mm-hmm. I would have Ms. Annie Lennox. Do you want to be at this meal too? No, I'm not worthy to be at this meal. No, I but what? but Miss Little Bird, I will I will peek in from outside and I will watch her eat. Well, I think she'd quite like to have you there. I, I you know don't sell yourself short. I I can't read music. I can't sing. I don't. I, I know good stuff when I hear it, but nah. I this, I can say I can't read music, but I did. I have started to learn the piano, so I can read a bit of music. Good for you. But it's not about that. It's about enjoying the experience. It's where it takes you. It's like a good book. Music is all about where it takes mm-hmm. you and the feeling it gives you, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would I would have Annie Lennox. Who else would I have at my meal? You know, gosh. Pro- oh, I would have probably John Mayer because he's funny and very dry humor I would have maybe Chet Baker or maybe one of the Marsalis brothers um get a little bit of jazz inclination in there yeah I don't oh can you imagine if Mm -hmm. um 
Help me now. Help me. Help me now. Help me. Help me. I Aiden don't. Jump. Jo oh, anyway. Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Although I think she's quite reclusive. She is. Yeah. So she probably wouldn't come. She'd be, uh, I would invite her anyway. She'd that probably, would be nice. she'd probably love the invite. Well, I mean, maybe. send her, send her your menu. That might change her mind. She doesn't know that me for that. That's pretty good. But so the food might, will speak for you. She might mm. say, who is this? Why not email me? <laughs> Do you ever read music biographies? No. Good. Good talk. Okay. That's yes. Fun. Okay. Yeah. So thanks for, thanks for joining me today. <laughs> you know why? I, I don't care to like here. Here's the thing. Um, I, I don't want, if I, I would not want to read a biography about a musician that I really liked. Okay. Because I don't want to ruin it for me. The music. Okay. Yeah. Because we are human and we have foibles and we have wonderful things and we, you know, so the music to me is, is in my head in a certain way or a certain time, you know, Blue Rodeo. Uh, five days in July, that that takes me, that whole album takes me to a very uh, specific place. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't need to read about them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm good. We play a lot of Blue Rodeo on our, uh, it's the Daisy Chill playlist. I know. And mean. actually, there's a lot of Canadian content on there. There's there's Joni Mitchell, there is Jan Arden, there's Katie Lang, there's Sarah McLaughlin. Like there's a ton of really mellow, refined, completely captivating artists that just have the vibe. And Blue well, Rodeo too. It is very he's very transportive. His voice. Yes. Okay, okay. Back to the books. Yes, please. Talk to me about. You have, you're in as an original cast member of the Pebble Club. I am. I'm an OG. And now you have received a book a month plus yes. treats from local businesses and whatever. Correct. Have you read any of the Pebble Club books yet? Of course. Okay. Oh, I, of course I can't I remember. Okay. The, yes. the girl, a a girl in a, the girl in his shadow. Oh, that was your pedal club. That was right. pedal. Yes. Mm -hmm. My policeman. Right. Pedal club. Yeah. I mean, if I, yeah, I'd have to go over, but I've read a number of them for sure, for sure, for sure. And I've, sh I've shared them with your friend and mine, some Colleen. Colleen I can't remember what she yeah. yeah. I can't remember okay. what she has like a bit, a bag of books that anyway. Um, yes, of course I have read some. I have yet to read oh man I was like are you serious but both you and Colleen said that I have to that it's great and I have to read it I think Circe was the follow-up and then there oh was... the song of Achilles yeah or a song of Achilles yeah so my initial thought was come on and then both you and Colleen said oh, do it and so it's in my TBR I, yep. I I'm so this is I'm saving a couple of books for I have I have two weeks off at Christmas and I am saving like water for chocolate which I got from you which was I couldn't believe the synchronicity of that like it just 
Yes. Now, tell, so, I, I've heard only a little bit about that book before you had asked for it. So can you tell me again, what is it about that book? Like, what is the premise of it and what makes it special for you? So it's, it's a love story. However, it's a love story that is a little bit ridiculous in, in, in how the love is expressed. So, for example, this young woman is cooking whatever emotion she feels at the time that she's cooking goes into the food and it goes in, 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 in extreme ways. So she's sad. Now there's, you know, in the movie, they, 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 they demonstrated her sadness with her tears started to, to drop onto what she was cooking. And then suddenly there was, like this stream of water going out the kitchen door, right? So it was because that was her sadness and that was how, so everything is just this kind of over the top demonstration of emotion. And I just find it so enchanting. She's feeling a little amorous at one point when she does some baking, I believe it is. And everybody who eats that feels rather amorous then. <laughs> so it's, 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 you know, it's a love story, but this, this, I guess the silliness of, of how the emotions are, are portrayed and, and the heightenedness of it is, it's funny, but it's also, isn't that the truth? Like, aren't we all, aren't we all, you know, capable of, of crying what, you know, what might feel like a flood of tears that go out, out the door, right? Yes. Um, I'm also a firm believer that, that what, what you eat, I, I mean, I'm not saying that you're, you know, when you prepare a meal, the emotion goes into it necessarily to the extent that this book does. But I'm, I'm a firm believer that what you put in your body and the care and the intention of how it was grown or, or, or raised, uh, all of that, you know, all of that energy is then transferred into how it feels in your body. So uh, I'm a big believer in that. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of farmers, you know, doesn't mean mm-hmm. I don't buy stuff at Costco every now and again, but I, you know, I know the care and the intention. So, so that resonates with me. Not that I think if you ate one of my cakes and I was feeling amorous that you would then feel amorous too. <laughs> Thank you. I've been warned. You've been warned. I'm not a great baker. So you've been warned <laughs> twice. <laughs> so this fictional author meal the food yes. at the dinner will be great, but there's no dessert. Well, it's I'll, I'll bring dessert. I can bake. I'll bring dessert. Well, let's discuss what that would okay. be because it has to be nut-free, lactose and tall, lactose-free. So that limits you. So a hazelnut cheesecake, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I make cheesecake. I do. I use yogurt cheese. So I strain the whey out of yogurt, out of Greek yogurt, and I use yogurt cheese. So it's cheesecake-like, but it's the closest I can do, and I love it. Okay. You know, I feel like it would be really nice to have, after that meal, that's going to need something a little bit light. Hey, what are you bringing? What are you bringing? I would like to bring a lemon meringue pie. Yes! 
actually. That was probably loud for your listeners. And I. It's all right. It's all right. They're awake now. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, friends. Good morning. Um, I love lemon meringue and I don't understand oh, yeah. meringue. It doesn't ever work for me. Oh, it's, it's, and I make my own lemon curd. So yeah, it, <gasps> it would be, it would be pretty sweet. And when the guests are gone, I'm totally fine with standing in the kitchen and just scooping it up out of the plate because I don't really need to take a plate with some pie in at home. We'll just stand in the kitchen at the counter and just eat the rest of it. I would eat the curd. Like I mm. would, if, if, if after the party, we're in the kitchen, what, uh, the curd would be what I would go for. What would you like if I had to choose out of the out of the crust, the curd and the meringue, what would you go for? Um, I like it. Well, definitely the meringue or the curd over the crust. Crust is just sort of like the vehicle that holds it together. Although Correct. I do make a killer flaky pastry. But I think, I don't know, the curd, because it has that beautiful, the tartness to it and the color is so vibrant <sighs> And it's so smooth. I just, oh. I mean, I could just suck that back like pudding. Like Why just take it you? in. Why don't you just make that for me? Because, it, it, well, you sure could. Absolutely. And oh, maybe that just raises you. the standard for pudding. But you I should just, make it and share it, it with me. It takes time. Oh, I see. It takes about two and a half seconds to eat it all. And <laughs> about two and a half hours to... <laughs> yes. So the ratio for me, you know, doesn't really work, especially during Christmas season and... I don't have this that kind of time. This is like sourdough. Yeah, it takes like no time at all to eat a bowl of sourdough because it's so good. But it it's a commitment like your lemon curd. Well, the best things are though, right? We grow our children slowly over time until they're just great. I mean, yeah, they're cute that. when they start. We love that. They smell lovely. It's all awesome. But I think the kids just get better as they get older. I used to say that when my girls were getting older, that I loved every stage. So I love when they were six. Oh, but I love when they're seven. Oh, I love eight. Like I love all yes. those things. And um, and I find that some foods are the same. Like, you know, when you make it and then you put it in the fridge and you have leftovers the next day. Oh my God, the next day it's even better. <laughs> so some things just take longer, right? Like, your career, my career, we don't start everything and be awesome and have the best thing in the first day. That is unrealistic. Yes. Things are like food, like baking, like children, like careers. They just take time. And then the best is at the end. I took a long time to cook. Yeah. 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 But I'm, you know, feeling, feeling pretty well, well cooked. Where do like, you get your you know, recipes? For the things I make, 90, yeah. like my meals, 90% of the time out of my head. Oh, nice. Well, I, yeah, I, yes, yes, it okay. is. <laughs> I, I love food though, right? Like I like food. So yeah. I just think about flavors and, you know, I'm speaking about children, I've raised a, a, a foodie. And I remember he was so young, um, maybe five or six, and we were having a meal and he said to me, you know, mom, this could use a little bit more acid. Do we have any lemons? And I just thought, oh my goodness. Yeah. Look, and he was how old? Maybe five or six. Oh my word. Yes. Yeah. His farmers who have known him since he was just a, a consideration, not even a. 
not even in the belly yet. So a consideration. Yeah, it was something to think about. And then here we are 15 years later. Yeah, and now he is a force to be reckoned with. He's lovely, you know. He's he's uh he he is so strong and so how can I say this? Convicted, right? Do the right thing. We we shoveled uh, for a neighbor a couple doors down, he uses a, a cane. And when we had, you know, that big dump, I knew that this was going to be a challenge. So I said, Sasha, you know, let's go, we'll do ours and then we'll do Ron's. And, and uh, <laughs> this gentleman kept coming out saying, hey, what can I pay you? I'll pay you. Do you want some money? And then he would whisper it to my son as though, as though I couldn't hear him. <laughs> And uh, yeah, you know, my boy just kept saying, no, I don't, we don't want money. This is, we're neighbors. We do this. And I just thought, yeah, he can go off in the world now. Yeah. You built him a pretty good character. Yeah. He's okay so far. You've done okay at this because this is who you are. You're building all the things that are valuable to you. And you know, as a good citizen, as a good human will make him stronger. And you've been building that into him for 15 years. Oof. That's no small task. You're gonna give Good me a for wet you. Eye. You're going to give me a wet eye. <laughs> it's a lot. I kept, th- you know, every year I'd be like, I kept him alive another year. Oh my God. Because I yeah. was, I didn't know what I, I mean, nobody knows what they're doing, but I was, you know, out West here without family going, because my family's all in Ontario, just winging it, winging mm-hmm. it, <laughs> which I guess that's parenting. It is. And just when you think you figured them out, oh, whoops, they're different today. And you got to start all over. I know. I don't like that. I mean, yes, I I like it. But at the same time, like, I just got used to you this way. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. And that's the beauty of it. Because who they were when you just got used to them that day might not be the best version of them. So you do want them to be the best. So you have to hold all of those great moments kind of loosely, right? As a parent, because it's not going to last very long. I also want him to be small enough to curl up in my lap and let me rock him, but he is now taller than me. So So it's a little awkward that it reminds me of the end of that Robert Munch book. Um, the one, was, oh, I love you forever. Yes, right. When he puts the mom on his lap, so maybe yes. instead of you know you holding him on your lap, maybe it's the other way around. He'll sneak we're, up into your room and he'll rock you. I think we're not there yet. I'd still, I mean, he's fifteen. I'd still rather annoy him with trying to rock him at this point. <laughs> sort of like a like a payback. But yeah, do, um, it, do it in front of his friends. That's always a big hit. <laughs> <laughs> with the annoying piece <laughs> right honey come kiss mama yeah <laughs> sure hold my yeah. hand while we walk through the barn. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's nice to know i'm not alone nice. no you are not alone <laughs> well beth this is this has been fun and we touched on books just a touch which is fine you, but frankly you want to touch on books more i got all day no we're we're good the th- here's the beautiful thing it's not necessarily always like it's not a commercial for books or whatever it is really to promote the beauty of the readers who choose them 
And that is, that is one thing that I love is that I've always said we're about the books and the readers who love books. Like that's it. Those are my two things. But like to know the people who read the books and to be especially fond of them and follow their lives and be invested in them, that's a beautiful part of, of my job. So whether we touch on books a little bit or whatever, regardless, you're still a reader who is part of our community and part of my, my friend group. And I'm just grateful for you. And so we yeah. talk about books a little or a lot. I don't care. It's fine. This is my program. I can do whatever. So I'm just happy to share you with the world and say, hey, look at this amazing woman who's out there killing it. And if you hear her laughing from a block away, I go, hey, that's isn't that Beth. I recognize that laugh. <laughs> behave. Oh, well, you have given me a wet eye. So mission accomplished if that was your goal. And <laughs> you go. Thank you. You, You're I welcome. am merely a reflection of you. Take it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I'm cool, lovely, warm, kind, conscientious. Yeah. That's, that's, thank you. We reflect each other. There you go. Better to surround yourself with people who make you better. You make me better. You make me better. See, look at that. Mm, I love you. We didn't talk. I feel like I, I have done a disservice by not talking about books as much. Gosh, we can rewind but, and okay, I can talk but, to you. No, but huh? yes. you know me. You know how I how I run stuff. I don't necessarily follow all the rules or check all the boxes. I don't even. Give a crap about the boxes. It's fine. <laughs> you know me. It's funny. It is. Yeah, that's great. Also, yeah. I have a collection of actual boxes in the basement because you never throw out a good box. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and on, on that note, friends, <laughs> friends, recycle. <laughs> Oh my god. You should put a caveat on this particular podcast. Saying like, what? I, um uh this may touch your heart and it may also make you laugh. And make you hungry? Maybe. Because um yeah, your menu sounded pretty killer. And you were worried about me having to use the um the explicit button? <gasps> I didn't even swear. You didn't swear once. Oh, well it's Sunday. You can if you want. I mean, I do enough at work. <laughs> okay. Save it for work then. Yeah. I'll save it for your professional life. There That's you right. Go. <laughs> I will save my cursing for when it counts most. No. There you yeah. go. Okay. See, and we're still family friendly. So for all you toddlers listening, <laughs> hello. It's all good. It's all good. So many toddlers listening to this podcast. I can't even imagine. There are moms who listen to it while the kids are in the room. Absolutely. Okay. Well, hello, so, ladies. Well, hello, ladies. You're doing well. May May I say before we sign off, I am so honored that you chose uh, me to share with your listeners. That is significant and something I don't take lightly. Thank you. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. I do think you read wonderful things and you have been a valuable part 
of Daisy's community and you deserve all the airtime I can give you. Wow. So next time, why don't I sing? Well, let's not, let's not go crazy here. <laughs> you know, that, um, that book we were just talking about, I love you forever. I love you for always. I did. Yeah. I did make a tune out of that. So did I. <laughs> we should sing it out. Okay. What, I, what are the words? I, I love you. I love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as my baby, as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. My baby you'll be. Okay. Okay. But it's going to sound weird because we don't have the same. Okay. And and the tunes are probably not going to be the same. That's my point. Okay. Okay. Ready? Two. Two. Three. three. I love love you forever. forever. I'll like you for always. As As long long as as I'm living, living, my baby you'll be. That was hilarious. Okay, it is not going to get any better in your ears today, friends. That little duet that we did with the (laughs) multi-tune thing going on, that was was epic. I encourage you to play that back and then do it again just just for funsies. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed having the conversation. (laughs) I have to tell you that talking to people in the podcast that I have known in the Daisy Chain book community is just such a delight, honestly, to sit here and have a conversation with them and to go a little deeper. It is so valuable and I'm so grateful for this format, for you tuning in from all over the world. I just love that you care enough about my people that you want to give them some time because they are awesome. Okay, today's episode of the Bookshop Chronicles is brought to you by the Daisy Chain Book Company, reading challenge for 2022. Yes, we want you to have a very vibrant reading life, but we don't want it to have to cost you anymore. So send me your email and I will send you a PDF of our reading challenge in which we picked 40 different categories of books that you can choose from just to shake up your reading life a little bit. So you don't always have to read the same old, same old, and then put your reading life into a humdrum blah spark it up guys do something fun decide that all of a sudden you're going to read oh i don't know a a celebrity recommendation or an award winner or a book that's been on your tbr the longest because frankly it needs to be read and maybe you want to choose a book about a bookshop or hey i don't know a book that was on the bookshop chronicles podcast so yes if you like to cross things off lists i've got a list for you to use So just let me know and I will send you our reading challenge so you can make 2022 your best reading year ever. Okay, guys, this is it. Have a wonderful day, whatever it is you're doing. And no matter where it is that you are serving people, whether it is in your family, in your business, in your neighborhood, whatever it looks like, be relevant, be generous, be unforgettable. And may your reading life be extraordinary. Talk to you soon.